TSB 19, super excited to get back into it. So on this edition, I'm going to be sharing lessons that I got from a phone call with the director of performance in an MLB organization, and a rather good one at that. And this podcast is going to be really twofold. First, I'm going to talk about kind of the professional development lessons, kind of what you can get out of this, and also just the knowledge that was absolutely dropped on me when we had just a quick 20-minute phone call. So let's get it going, and let's get better together. Welcome to the Talking Shop Podcast, where I'm here attempting to capture in audio form lessons and experiences about everything within sports performance and professional development. I'm your host, Matt Tometz. On my podcast, I try to get at the why and the how instead of specifically the what by trying to show what makes people's unique lenses in which they see the world of sports performance and professional development their own lens. If I can get you to view and think about your job, life, problems a little differently than I've done my job. I make the content, you consume it, so I can only improve it with your feedback. If you have any suggestions for future shows, questions, or comments, please feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Coach Big Toe. That's Coach B-I-G-T-O-E. I'm excited to share this episode with you because we can all get better together. All right, so definitely have to start out by giving some context about how this phone call was set up and kind of how everything kind of unfolded to set me up for this situation. Don't want to go too far back in the past, but uh, it all started with a sports team here at TCU that I volunteered my services for. They had some new technology that they wanted me to to kind of help them out with, and it was an opportunity for me to you know help them out and uh, them help me by you know basically giving me this opportunity. So it was really a win-win. I'm not going to tell the technology, not going to tell the name of the podcast, not going to tell the name of the guy, and not going to tell the name of the organization, and I'm not going to give his specific title away as well, just for uh, his sake, uh, just for uh, respecting his uh, kindness to give me his time and share kind of his knowledge with me. Um, So, sorry, no spoilers, but uh, so I was helping out the sports team. And the representative for that company came to, to practice that day just to check in, talk to the coaches, talk to the players and everything. And I got to chat with him as well. You know, we were both kind of sports scientists and everything. And uh, kind of at the end of the day, he was he recommended that I listen to this podcast because this technology was also implemented with this professional baseball team. And I, you know, took him up or I took him for his word and I decided to listen to the podcast awesome podcast and at the end the host asked the we'll we'll call him mr jones just a lot easier than saying all of these um vague pronouns uh mr jones at the end the the host asked mr jones uh, how can the listeners get more of you and he's like ah you know i'm not really a big uh social media guy but i definitely want to try to help out you know so here's my personal email and he went forward or he went forward with giving out his personal email. And me being my, you know, overly ambitious self, I was like, YOLO, send him an email. Why the heck not? Worst thing that happens is that he doesn't respond. So I think that would kind of be the first lesson is that if there's people 
well, there's multiple lessons in this, but if there's people that, that you believe are being genuine and are offering resources to you, such as listening to a podcast, he didn't have to do that, but he thought that I would get value out of it. So I decided to take him for his word and do that. And the second lesson is one thing that I'm going to put in the book I'm writing, spoiler alert, I'm writing a book, is this concept of push-pull, especially in networking and professional development. And the first thing to, to really comment on is that it's called push-pull and not pull-push. So a lot of times in my life, I've pushed. And kind of how I've gotten to now in networking, professional development, opportunities arising, me taking advantage of them, have been started by me pushing first. And I'm super grateful, super fortunate, you know, I get, I get speechless thinking about it, is how awesome I've had, how awesome I've had it to have people, you know, pull me after I've pushed. So um, there's no pull. You can't get pulled in without pushing first. So I decided to email him. I kept it really brief. I said, hey, Mr. Jones, uh, I listened to this podcast. Uh, I really liked how you talk about XYZ, which shows that I, I actually listened to the podcast. I got you know your name and this specific episode from the rep of the company. Um, you know, that's, so I'm introducing myself, how I know him, and showing that I kind of care more. And then I said, I know you're obviously super busy, so I'll keep it brief. I have two questions. First question was, assume two teams have the same technology. What's the difference maker between teams that get amazing results and teams that get average results? So basically, it's not the tools you have, but how you use them is the gist of my question. And the second question I had was, with my graduation coming up in May, wink, wink, I'm graduating. With my graduation coming up in May, do you have any recommendations as I start my job search slash career in the sports performance field? Because obviously, he's doing something right. He's been in professional baseball for almost 10 years, and he's risen to the director of performance. Uh, that's not his specific title, but that's basically his title. Thank you very much. You know, I'm looking forward to rooting you on in, in October. You know, hopefully they make it to the World Series if you're familiar with baseball. Dude responds within the day and says, hey, Matt, can we set up a phone call to answer your questions? And I'm just, you know, freaking out over here. Like, this dude wants to talk. Like, I thought it was just going to be like, you know, maybe a paragraph, maybe two if I'm lucky. Answer my questions. I'll say, oh, you know, thank you so much. Because he's not trying to chit-chat, go back and forth. And he wants to, he's, you know, offering a phone call to me. So, you know, we exchange a few more emails. Super brief. Dude's busy, obviously. Uh, go back and forth. And uh, we set up a time. So I have a few days to prepare. And I look up every interview that, you know, I looked on Google, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, all this stuff to get all the info I could on this guy to prepare some more questions, you know, just in case the opportunity arose. Because I just had a hunch that the phone call wasn't going to be my two questions and then bye. So I was prepared. I did my research. And yeah. So that's kind of how this phone call got set up. And, and I think that there's a lot to learn in professional development from that as well. And let's just assume that that he didn't respond whatever i was able to practice writing a professional email and i was one email closer 
to writing literally just better emails. Everything's a skill and you just have to do. So let's say he didn't respond. I practice writing that email, formulating it. Then the next email I get, you know, email of someone high up that's super smart, I'll be able to kind of reflect back and then tweak it to make it that much better. So yeah, you just have to put yourself out there. Like it's a, it's a push pull and literally a loss is if he were to not respond is still a win. What's it worth to you taking five to 10 minutes drafting up an email? You know, I spent more time researching this dude than actually being on the phone, you know, and, and another thing I'm going to talk about in my book and as I'm on the topic of professional development, kind of going rogue here, is that networking isn't to land you your dream job right away. Like that's the point of having a network and leveraging your network and using it to the best of your ability. You know, if if you ended up being at the first job you ever got, you'd still be an umpire in your local baseball softball league. You'd still be flipping burgers. You'd still be a lifeguard, you know? So although I have had the awesome opportunity to talk to some pretty high up people, including this guy, it's not that that all of them are going to offer me a job because then I wouldn't have to contact all of them. But by having all this communication, I'm increasing my odds of getting that dream job or that much closer to my dream job, whatever it may be. So I hope that makes sense. On an actual phone call. So, so, I prepared, I had my notes, I had my two main questions, but also had these other questions that I had prepared. And basically in the context of, of sports science. So so the first uh, question I asked was, same technology, different teams. Um, basically, what do you do with it? And he said that it's really just an implementation. And you have to, the sports science and the technology is to raise awareness and kind of your expectations not only for the athletes, but also for yourself and kind of what to get out of it. And you get that by really doing your research. And people people get sports science wrong when they assume that this technology is going to give them numbers and it's going to solve all of their questions or you know give them all the answers, but really just helps you ask more questions. Uh, the, the next question I had, which was a, uh, a follow-up to an interview he had on the internet, uh, was I listened to your interview on this website. You mentioned getting your athletes better and educating them without losing them. So basically maintain that buy-in. Like, how do you draw that line? And he said, the game is here for the players. And being able to communicate that that's why you're there and that's what you're doing it for is for them. Uh, that's kind of the main thing. And, um, and, well, it's a little different because he's, you know, obviously with MLB players, but, and he named these pro players, you know, Hall of Famers, rookies, veterans. And he's like, if I can help them get 1% better, like that's a win, you know? And I heard a new athletic trainer that works with my team. Um, they had a 5% rule. If you can get 5% better every year when you're a freshman, all the way up to your senior, you're 20% better. You're already elite, and you can add 20% on that, you know? You know, tying this back into kind of the research, like we go on 95% confidence, uh, levels of confidence, but it's more like 50, like did it work or did it not? You know, improvement's improvement. So with, uh, 
another point that so that was kind of my own point. Another point that he had was he's playing the long game. It's not to shove the technology down their throat, make them do X, Y, Z. It's about like what's going to help in the long term. And then another point he had, just you know, he had a, a nice answer was never making blanket blanket statements. I'm sure, as you know by now, I hate cookie cutter and these definitive answers because that's not how it works. And as much as it sucks and I absolutely hate my bones uh, giving those it depends or vague answers or whatever it may be, I hate even more saying this is definitive, X, Y, Z, this is perfect for your situation, this is going to work, da, 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 da. So showing that you don't have all the answers, that you're human, but you want to work, you want to teach yourself and uh, learn to help them get better, then, then that's going to resonate with them. Uh, the next question is in the uh, actual podcast, he mentioned that this technology was voluntary for his athletes. So I said, well, what happens if they don't you know, choose to use it? And this, if you were listening to any point in this podcast right now, this would be it. He said he only cares about what the athletes care about. So why slap this technology on them that they're just going to absolutely loathe wearing and using. So why force them to to do something if they're not going to be into it? It's not going to be the best reliable data and all this stuff. So that that just like kind of blew my mind. And it, it changes the way I thought instead of, you know, what's my agenda? What numbers do I want that I think is going to be the best? It's like, what are they going to buy in? for a long time what are they going to care about and what what are they going to want to help them better you know what are they going to get to utilize instead of have to utilize in regards to technology and and then you know this is just another awesome answer like all of his answers but so what if they don't use the technology and he said the manager of the team at the end of the day is going to write the lineup the organization is going to bring in stud baseball players they don't need people with perfect scores or metrics, you know, I'm trying to keep it vague um, about the technology, but, you know, not people that can create the best, uh, the best numbers on, uh, on this uh, technology, this app, this data, whatever. Um, At the end of the day, the, if you're a stud baseball player, you're a stud baseball player. You're going to make the lineup and like, that's just, you know, When it comes to actually playing, it's not necessarily the numbers that are going to kind of dictate it. Um, And kind of going back to this, or I don't know if I mentioned this yet, but kind of tools in a toolbox. And going back to, you know, he only cares what the athletes care about is that once they care about it, then he has a tool for it. So when they come to him and say, say, oh, I don't know, it's my sleep. Or, you know, is my, is my nutrition off? Or, you know, how do I get a better sense of, of how my body's feeling that day? Or, or am I drinking enough water? Like, if there's a problem and they show that they care about it or they're interested in it, you know? Or even if it's just, if it's just, hey, Mr. Jones, like, my sleep is just absolutely garbage, you know? He goes, oh, have you thought about wearing a sleep monitor? Or, 
or you know, I try eating good, but like I just don't know if I'm getting enough calories. Oh, have you tried, you know, tracking? Or let me refer you to the nutritionist or whatever it may be, you know. Um, or let's say their their cardio sessions are way too intense, or like they're just not recovering. They're they're, they're doing something wrong in regards to conditioning. Oh, like can we try putting a heart monitor on? You know, so just going into it like like you're serving your not serving that was a bad verb but it's what they care about and then you kind of help solve that problem with technology if that's if that's the best answer uh and then uh in another interview i got of his online he talked about this kind of alarm slash shock week and that was super interesting because i'd never heard that term before and basically you can't progressive overload forever and eventually it's going to be season and stuff is going to hit the fan. You know, you prepare for the off season, but when they get into playing, when they make a gazillion throws, they play double headers, they're traveling and all this stuff. (laughs) He said, you know, I don't want them to not be able to use like sit down and use the toilet because they're just so sore. Because, you know, when it's when it's spring training, it's time to make the gains, not, you know, be getting into shape. Um, so he uses an alarm week or shock week to hit them with the volume, to hit them with kind of the, the too much. So their body's already used to it because uh, it's tough to do. And you definitely don't want to be experiencing that when it comes time for season, especially let alone spring training. Um, and then I have, quote, unquote, early and often. I think that's in regard to kind of load and stress. But um, you have uh, kind of that alarm and the shock in the weight room, but also uh, sports-specific for whatever it may be. In this case, baseball, you know, having days of taking way too many swings or having days of doing way too many throws. So, And then I kind of came up with this question on the spot. Um, I said, your team has had recent success. Um, kind of, and you've been with that organization for almost 10 years. What has kind of been the difference that you've seen along your journey? And he said that it's really come down to just planned playing out. Um, and then he said someone pretty high up in the front office that they've had an awesome plan and he's been there long enough to kind of see things develop um, and come to fruition, if you will. And that the expectation is, bare, is playoffs at the bare minimum. So starting kind of from the top down. Uh, let's see. And then I saved the, the job question for last. So he said there's kind of a few different ways you can you can get in the coaching-specific route and also the sports science route, or you can do both. And especially in the game of baseball, because there's so much technology, the ability to communicate and really apply what you're doing is what's going to separate so the athletes are obviously the experts on themselves, and the coaches also have experience that's valid, that's sports-specific. And your job is to kind of connect that. Like if an athlete's like, oh, you know, my pitching coach is telling me this, is this, this. And then you can say, oh, you know, like might be a movement issue. When we get in the weight room, we'll do some kind of uh, active stretching or facilitate stretching or whatever it may be because uh, – XYZ. 
or whatever you see in the weight room, you can say, oh, their hips to the pitching coach, we know that they have a internal rotation deficit on their lead leg. You know, we're working on that, but because they can't fully rotate, then that's going to affect this part of their delivery on the mound. You know, so kind of being that liaison, I don't even know if that's the right word, but being that person to kind of bridge the gap. You have so much experience and anecdotal data just by talking shop, haha, <laughs> plug for my podcast, the athletes themselves, but also the coaches. So, and then another point I had on the side, because, you know, he talked about rookies, veterans, people that are towards the end of their career, definitely Hall of Famers and things like that, is that he has to be a different director of performance for athletes of different ages and different stages. You know, how you're going to solve issues for the rookies is a lot different than how you're going to solve issues for the veterans. So, that's all I had on kind of my my uh, notes I was taking during our phone call. But that was that took us him and I about 20 minutes to get through. And then, uh, oh, so this is the kicker plot twist. So I said my job to his question, and he was like, well, what do you want to do? So, you know, like I, I'm a baseball guy. I played in my old school. I actually pitched against one of his athletes in the D2 World Series, fun fact, and I threw that in the email. Um, he said, what, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, you know, I, w- I was a baseball guy, but I've enjoyed learning new sports. I just like numbers to challenge my brain, and I like applying it, being on the courts or the field every day, interacting with the athletes, you know, getting that human interaction. He said, so applied sports science. I was like, yeah, perfect. He was like, you know what? Send me your resume, and when you know winter meetings come around, and if there's any open uh, minor league strength and conditioning jobs, I'll pass your resume along. And uh, and I literally just like, yeah, that job question was kind of like a wink, wink. I'm graduating, but I did not expect that at all. And I definitely didn't say, hey, are there any jobs, a random dude that I hit up on email, like. No, I said, you're obviously very successful. Like, do you have any advice for me in this specific situation of job searching? And and this is another professional development kind of kind of note. Putting yourself out there, showing that you that I have taken that initiative. We didn't talk about what I've learned in my sports science too much, I guess. Or he didn't ask specifically. He doesn't know about my strength and conditioning background before I got to TCU and all this stuff. And he definitely didn't have to offer that to me. But for some reason, whatever it may be, you know, I can't read minds, is that he wanted to put out there that I could potentially fit for a minor league training conditioning job in his organization. I would assume that he's gotten cold emails before. I don't know if he has phone calls with everyone, but I guarantee, uh, not going to speak it, I can probably guarantee that he doesn't, for every person, say, hey, send me your resume. So that's one of those things where it's, I did a ton of pushing, and I'm super grateful, and I want to share this, share this experience with you, that I've been pulled a lot as well. So I shared professional development, kind of how I set up that phone call, how it came to be. I talked about the content and the sports science stuff that I think you can get a lot out of, regardless if you're a sports scientist or not. And then you know I kind of wrapped it up with you know, a little bit of professional development at the end. 
So this is an awesome story. I'm absolutely, totally, 100% grateful for it. And and I want to share it with you, and I hope you got a lot out of it. So let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And TSP19, let's get better together. And that does it for this episode of the Talking Shop Podcast. Thank you very much for giving me your time. I really do appreciate it. I hope this episode did a good job of making you stop and think and evaluate about the topics discussed. I'd love to hear what you thought, so please feel free to give me a comment, rating, review, like on whatever platform you're listening on. Let me know what you want to hear next. Hit me up on social media at Coach Big Toe. That's at Coach B-I-G-T-O-E on Insta and Twitter. Remember, we can all get better together.